Welcome to the Rising Warrior Podcast. We are here to provide a holistic approach to the betterment of warriors, helping warriors bridge the gap in their healing journey, find themselves, find who they truly are, and provide tools to help themselves and in turn help others. We are here to break the mold and discuss what it takes to thrive in life. So, let's rise above together. Today we are talking with Mark England. Mark has been playing the language game for almost 15 years and has worked with individuals from all over the world. Early on in his life, Mark got into professional fighting scene and eventually traveled to Thailand to train and take it to the next level. While there, he suffered a major injury that derailed his dreams and instead led him down a dark and difficult road where he didn't smile for an entire year. Throughout the episode, Mark shares about his journey through these difficult times and how his injury led him to finding more than physical healing, and specifically how language work played a major role in that. We also get into how our language can work against us and instead how to use it to work for us. He talks about the pirate life and what that really means, and we touch base on some simple ways we can turn our dreams into attainable goals. If you find any of this episode entertaining, interesting, or valuable, please share so that this information can get into the hands of those who need it. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Mark, thanks for being on the podcast. Lance, thank um, you for having me. Oh, this is going to be a good one. I'm going to call it right now. First question is going to be, what the fuck is abracadabra and why should we give a fuck? Well, abracadabra has officially infiltrated my life. Now, let me see. Now, usually I can just reach across somewhere and grab something with abracadabra on it. And today is one of those days. So our good friends, the Morning Stars, they wow. sent me, they had a wallet. Eric Blackwell engraved this thing. So this is a wallet and it's a chain. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, and, and so there's an abracadabra written triangulated. Eric Blackwell... Fuck it. I mean, since we're doing show and tell, uh, <laughs> Lance has got a shirt on. I, I got, I got the shirt on. My wife made got, it. Right, exactly. Over here, I just got my magic leather bag in. What the fuck is in this? Yes, please tell us because this is not going up on video for our listeners. Okay, so it's a magic leather bag. Sean, run commentary. What am I doing? What's happening? Mark is he is untying. There's a. A, a fucked up knot. Oh, the knot is undone. He's oh, the, guys. This is a leather pouch, a, a nice leather pouch. Like something Serious. you'd find gold in in the Middle yeah. Ages, <laughs> <laughs> or pirates, as we like to. Oh, or pirates. Uh, ooh, I know where this is coins. Going. No, those are rocks. stones. Oh, abracadabra printed stones. Engraved. Wow. Engraved. Engraved. Laser etched. Let's get technical. Let's get nerdy. I sound like, like a smart. Skipping stones, almost. I got a, I got a whole bag full of these fucking things. A satchel. Yes, that's exactly what it is. It's a satchel. <laughs> I've even got it on my water bottle. So Look do at I. that. <laughs> Look at this, fellas. Let know when I tell you, like this. You started has, something. I moved a a very old and very important. There, I take out old, put in ancient conversation. I helped move it slightly forward. And continue to do that, and so do you all, gentlemen. Now, here's here's the backstory of this for me. I'm gonna walk around giving these fucking things out. Like I'm gonna <laughs> order them by the hundred. Uh, Eric and I already talked about it. 
So 2012, I'm living in Costa Rica. No, Ecuador. And I'm out to dinner with friends. And this guy at the back of the table, he, he knew what I did. And he goes, hey, man, you ever heard of abracadabra? You know what it means? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Magic. And he goes, no. He said, abracadabra, and y'all can look this up, is Aramaic, which is an ancient language. It's very old. Uh, it's still spoken in some, some areas, uh, like the mountains, a particular mountain region of Iran. And it was a, the, one of the two languages Jesus spoke the language the original Old Testament was written in. And he said, abracadabra translates to with my word I create or with my word I influence. And the hair stuck up on my arms and my neck. I put down my fork, walked over to him and said, tell me everything. And he said, the metaphysicians of the day, they would triangulate it and wear it around their neck for a couple of reasons. One, the main one, to remind them of the power and the mechanics, the mechanism of language, okay? Because they knew, they, I mean, this shit ain't rocket science. If their internal dialogue is working against them, things are going to be harder than they, than, than they need to be. And if what they're saying is, uh, it, it, their words, what they're saying are combined in certain ways, they can create all kinds of chaos around them. Okay. Or if their writing is off. So they, they understood what happens when you use, get your language working for you. That's the business that we're in. And then they, they also believe that, that the triangulation, it would siphon out or dispel, which means to cast out negative energy. And um, that it's, I've been, I've been, been barking about it since and people are super receptive to it there were a couple of years where i was traveling a lot a lot basically a traveling salesman from about uh 20 2010 to 2012 and then 2013 to 15 and i did a lot of i mean my, my passport looked like a grenade went off like i had to get extra <laughs> ex, extra leaves or, or, or pages in there and and i would i would I did it on five different continents. I'd ask people, you know, the same thing. When you say abracadabra, what do you, what, what I say, what do you immediately think of? And, you know, we are, we get into America and, and there's, there's usually somebody in the crowd that goes Steve Miller band. You know, there's always one of those Steve Miller band. I want to reach out and grab, but everybody goes, I think it's the most popular or the most uh, well-recognized word on the planet. Really? And I, yeah, I do. Cause you I've done it in a number of different, um, Lance is thinking about this. Yeah. It's, worth think, it's, it's worth thinking about. It's, I find it very interesting and it's a sleeping giant. I've done like Turkey, England, uh, North America, central South America, Asia, um, say abracadabra and everybody know they've heard it and they think magic and it's, it's actually more magical than what most people think. There's depth there. And some people come across it and turn that shit into children's books. Yeah. You know? <laughs> really good children's books. Phenomenal children's books or amulets. So I've got, I, b- I believe in the pen and the sword being competent in both. <clears throat> and I've got a custom uh, William Author pendant, AK-47. I'm a fa- <laughs> big fan of that platform. <laughs> and he is now working on my, med- uh, uh, my abracadabra medallion, which is triangulated and it's got a certain format to it we've already agreed on the he's he's etching this thing out of wax right now Mm. you're gonna have a legitimate medallion 
not yeah. just some rocks. <laughs> how some rocks? How big are we talking? Slightly larger than the than the, than the AK piece. Okay. And it'll it'll hang a little lower. We've already like because we did we've yeah, we've plotted and schemed, and um, it, it will it will it will match it. It will complement. It will complement each other. So we've we've gathered that our words are magic and they have great influence over our lives. Um, good first step. Can you give us an example? Sure. Um, for all the gentlemen listening, go go walk up to a woman and uh, ask them. Say, uh, I think I might want to go on a date with you maybe and see how it goes just you know point of reference go say those exact words see how it works see what you see what kind of response you get i think and i might want to go on a date with you maybe no, maybe that, that's the language of of, of to foxville because <laughs> guess what i mean I've, I've run this one off i'll bounce this one off a lot of women and 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 just conversations or workshops and every they all just groan and they're all like, yeah, I've had that happen to me more than I can count. Way more than dudes that come up and say, I want to take you out. Are you available Friday night? Mm. Which is another way to use your words. Add in, what we just did there is took a, 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 a sent. There were two sentences. One of them had three pieces of soft talk in it. A think, a might, and a maybe. And what happened? It crushes confidence. It's called soft talk. There's there's about ten key words. And this language, I mean, Lance, Sean, you've been in this conversation for a long mm -hmm. time. Okay, you've studied it. It's, you stu you you know. Mm -hmm. This stuff is in people's. It's it's littered in people's language, and it's it's influencing them negatively. In my personal and professional opinion, if someone takes out, thinks, might. Maybe's, these are keywords, hopefully's, possibly's, almost likes, perhapses, guesses, kind of, sort of. You take those words out of your life or you just reduce them by 50%, you'll double your confidence. And that's some, that, that is of something of significance. You, who, all, everybody that's listening, including me, this is, I'm saying this shit to me too. Double my confidence? What does that look like? Well, I can guess better than, you know, prolonged bouts of indecision and anxiety because that's what those language that's what those words create that's what they do mm. I, 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 yep yep prolonged bouts of indecision and anxiety oh i that, love that that is a particular kind of that is a, a particular flavor of stress john yeah and, and people hate it um was it albert camus or no Mal, I, I fucked this guy's name up all the time Mal, malmodius <laughs> It's a single, he said, I prefer the fear of a wrong decision it, it, a, a, instead of the terror of indecision. Mm. Well, you're speaking to our audience now, uh, Mark. They're all familiar in the military about making real time, in the moment, decisive action and decision making. And there's nothing like having a leader that's like, well, we might be able to find uh, uh. some areas where <laughs> we're going to attack or maybe... Um, we, I imagine you've experienced that. I definitely have. I imagine Sean and Lance have as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so one of my, my question to, to that point is how in the fuck does someone become a language guru, coach, teacher, 
uh, nerd that I have heard that you are, Mark. And how did you get to the point where people listen to you enough to pay you money to do it? Those are great questions. Um, the the one of the answers to the first one is is rather easy. Okay, mm. once a and I've been I turned fifteen years old as a coach uh, Monday last Monday Monday the seventeenth. Oh, congratulations! Thank you very much. Um, and of course, I've gotten better at talking about words and stories and, and identities. And when people have, um, you know, an easy to understand conversation where they listen to someone who, who presents uh, the story in a certain way where they can relate to it. And if they go so far as to take out some soft talk or write down um, a story that's, that's, that's haunted them for God knows how long, where they slow down uh, their rate of speech in a conversation and they feel better and they're, they're turned into a better listener and they're, they're, they've got a better rhythm. Once someone has two, two experiences of changing some words or a way they, they use their words, because it's all storytelling. Okay. This whole thing's storytelling. If I get a girl to go out on a date with me, I've told the story well, assuming she's available. If, if I fuck it up, my storytelling was something I need to work on. Same thing as a presentation, same thing as a sales pitch, same thing as leadership. I hear somebody go oh, that, that I'm counting on to make good decisions. Mm-hmm. And especially if they, if they do it a lot, well, you know, we could, I'm like, Oh my Lord. Oh my abort, Lord. abort. Yeah, seriously. Um, and, and, and we're not taught this stuff in school, John. I was a elementary school sports teacher. I've got a degree in education. I, Came up in the public school system. I can shit on it. I didn't. Yeah, have but I use the quadratic formula at least three times a day. I don't even. <laughs> I couldn't even spell quadratic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on a funny side note, uh, I I literally I misspell consciousness half the time. If someone asks me how to spell consciousness, I'm going mm-hmm. and I'm on my third documentary <laughs> being interviewed on consciousness. <laughs> consciousness. There's 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 plenty of irony here, folks. Um, and most people's language their training with words comes down to spelling, grammar, and definitions. There is a whole mystical, magical, abracadabra side of the conversation where when I learn, oh, wait a minute, I can, and when I say language, everybody, I mean internal dialogue and external dialogue, what we think, Mm -hmm. what we say, what we write. When I, when I change up some of my language and I am now more focused on the things that are important to me, I'm increasing, um, my my emotional endurance for the thing keeping the drama low uh that that gets my attention because there's the old as the old saying goes he who feels it knows it or she who feels it knows it and 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 i will give us a pat on the back for a couple of things here at Inlifted. we've done a good job of um demystifying the conversation about identity and our stories uh Mm. part of that's just because i'm a simple guy and i got to reduce the thing down to its most the, the, the essence of the thing so i can understand mm-hmm. um and and, and it's also a mark of a great teacher to be able to take it all the way through the levels if you if you can teach a child and teach a master you've done it you've done it well you you're correct very much very much <laughs> very correct um and then then and i could i use could consciously i could speak 
more towards how um, someone can can get good at this. You know what? We'll just I know what we'll do. We'll do the 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 soft talk challenge at the end, which is I started about mm. ten minutes ago, which is where we write down the soft talk keywords five times larger than we normally write, which gets technically our reticular activating system paying way more attention to those words. And then we put it up on our bathroom mirror for a week. It's free. It takes literally three minutes to do it. And that will raise your awareness about those keywords. And as Lance and Sean can attest, um, and, and, and you too, John, you've come in contact with this material before mm-hmm. you're going to start hearing those things. You're going to fucking ramp it. Text. Dude, it's known as verbal litter for a reason. And then you start plucking it out and you watch what happens. The, the, it's just like emails. I mean, who likes getting an email that's nine paragraphs with 14 different requests in it? Okay. That's bad storytelling. <laughs> what you want, it's like a fucking ping pong match. You want mm-hmm. until the thing's done. So you reduce it down, take out the soft talk. It's a clear request and boom, boom, boom. You get a much better participation rate. Okay. And you're like, huh maybe there's something to this and and then you know you you it's just two 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 conscious interactions with improved language and someone's hook okay i all i took it took me one I, I, and I'm, I'm happy to tell the story of when i first saw this stuff and and because i fell in fall in, lo- in love on site twice the first time i was choked i know that sounds weird hashtag jujitsu and then the <laughs> second fetish. time i know right and, and there's something very undeniable about cutting off the blood supply to one's head and not being able to stop a person from doing it. That's quite compelling. Mm-hmm. And I, I wrestled in high school. I was like, fine, you pin me, I pin you, but you know, you just, you just, you basically just killed me, but you did. Okay. You mm-hmm. were nice about it. You let me, you let me live. <laughs> uh, and then when I saw um, a woman go from victim to liberated in under 10 minutes about a very bad breakup and, mm-hmm. and the guy was changing words and I was like, that makes sense. It's not my story, but that's my story. So we'll run the soft talk challenge at the end. That right there is a great, it's actually the best. It's the easiest way to have an experience mm-hmm. with this stuff. Um, and so to, to go back to your second question, John, how does someone get paid for this? Uh, first, you got to get good. Okay. Mm. You got to get, you got to, it's, so there's a trifecta of mastery. Mm-hmm. Develop a skill set. Okay, so there's the skills that you need to have um, in order to, well, in this case, facilitate the transformation that you're promising when it comes to coaching. Okay, you need to be able to, 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 to make some things happen. Mm-hmm. Then you need an identity that supports you taking it into the arena and competing. All right. Because mm-hmm. if you got all the skills in the world, but you're terrified of uh, what other people are going to say about you and you're on the couch, you won't get in the game. And competing in coaching, because I can talk to that, mm-hmm. uh, competing in coaching, that is, that's the equivalent of you charging for your services and putting your services out there against other people that are also charging for their services. Mm-hmm. So you have to compete. And then a community, whether it's a personal community or a professional community that is supportive of your endeavor, you put those three things together on a timeline and you're talking about, well, you can get quite good at anything. So it's the skill set, it's the identity, and it's the community. And, uh, I, I mean, I've been, I've been somewhere between full-time and overtime the whole time for the past 15 years. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm competent. You know? 
I love that. It's also, I can attest to the listeners out there, I have used this exact uh, method, methodology. I had a skill set. I uh, came into this team and I was like, all right, who's going to run the business? And John and Lance were like, uh, <laughs> and I was like, all right, I am the CEO. And I wrote down that, that per- exact phrase for about 30 days and took action on it, told it to my partner, told it to my family, created a community around it. These guys, same thing. Like Sean is the coach. He's the head coach. He's the white rabbit. Lance is the founder and the chief ID officer. And so giving ourselves these titles, creating community around them, taking action on them, applying our skills over and over again, I can attest to that method. And so I appreciate you sharing that. And one of the things with the the folks we're working with now is with veterans, there tends to be a challenge in the transition between what you used to do in the military and who you are now. And there's a culture of holding on to the identity in some way, shape, or form. Uh, you either hold on to it by wearing uh, grunt-style T-shirts or <laughs> doing way too much CrossFit or shooting guns all the time. Night. It becomes – right, drinking too much bright <laughs> for coffee. It becomes a part of the culture. And we're, we love all that shit. It's all fun. And it's, it's, it is a – it can be used as a crutch. So – from your perspective, using that, what you just uh, talked about, how can we use that uh, system, that way of thinking to create, develop, embrace the identities that actually serve us? There's two things, two things in that conversation. There's, um, there's the stories that you want to shrink, and there's the stories you want to expand. Mm. Let's take out stories and put oh, them I like that. There are, there are identities that you want to shrink and there are identities that you want to expand. So as far as identity work, the stuff that you want to shrink, um, uh, one thing that will, will absolutely move the needle is to write out in detail full sentences, okay? The story, the, the, the thing that you're most scared of as far as moving into a new identity, okay? Mm-hmm. That thing needs to hit paper. Otherwise, it's going to ping pong around in your head, and it's going to be very difficult to work with or navigate. Um, the, the difference between a story uh, that, that constricts versus expands, um, and this absolutely goes back to abracadabra. Most people don't write down shit, okay? Mm-hmm. They don't write down shit. They don't write down their goals. Only 3% of the population has, has any written goals. That means 97% of the population, they only have dreams. If it's not written down, it's not a goal. If it's in your head, it's, it's a dream. Same thing with affirmations, which they, they're very, they're, they work and they're, it's easy to poo-poo on or, or common <laughs> because it's got this woo nature. And very rarely do people write down the stuff that scares them, whether it's a memory from 20 years ago or something that's going on right now. We do this on level one certification at the, 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 the graduation. Everybody mm-hmm. writes down the statements that are facilitating their imposter syndrome. Okay. Mm-hmm. And guess what? There's usually, I'm being facetious here on purpose. I'm being sarcastic, a smart ass. There's usually not 97 or 155 sentences. It's usually a handful of them. Under 15, 
usually, usually it's, it's, it's about seven or eight. You know, who am I to do this? work? Okay. Mm -hmm. Why would anyone pay me? There's so many other better coaches out there. So it's the stuff that we say to ourselves, And then there's the stuff we fantasize, even though it's a, uh, uh, quote unquote, negative fantasy. Uh, we worry about the stuff other people are going to, he's a coach. What is she doing? Transforming, working with people when she's so fucked up and it's a list <laughs> of 10, you know, it's a list of like under 10 that just that, that play on repeat though. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you can write down the story that you're most scared of or write down the reoccurring sentences, which are spells. The fastest way to slow that thought train down or break those spells is pen to paper. Even if the, um, even if the pen feels like it weighs 500 pounds, and this can absolutely apply to something that happened when you were young, that is mm -hmm. still f essentially forcing you to, um, behave or act in a certain way uh for me it was it was it was i got bullied a couple of times when i was like young young one of them was i i uh this is, this is the first time i ever told this on a podcast and this is, this is my 281st podcast guest All appearance right. um and i was at the roller rink with my mom and it was mm. in the basement it was in the basement of this this uh, this building and i was i was skating around and i i, I took off my skates and went outside and it was, it was hot. And, and this, we're down in the, well, I was in the well of basement. This, this kid spit down on me, tried to spit on me. And I, I walked up the stairs and walked right up to him. I kicked him as hard as I could in the leg. He was a lot bigger than me. And he kicked me a whole lot harder than I kicked him. And my <laughs> leg went stiff and I was like, Ugh! and turned around and walked and ran and got, went to my mom and cried. Mm. There's like two other memories, like young, like that, where, and, and, and so I go on this rampage of, uh, fighting and training and to, to prove that I wasn't scared because I was scared. Mm. And so, you know, it's a good idea also, uh, and, and this definitely falls under the umbrella of, of shrinking memories or shrinking certain identities down just mm -hmm. the stories you want to shrink. Get those memories that have been in there for God knows how long. Every time you think about them, you get the, you get an emotional charge, title it and write it down on paper. Because back to this, the difference between a memory, as far as the navigability of it or um, uh, malleability of it, mm -hmm. there's a big difference between a memory in your head and a memory that's on paper. Okay? Mm. Memory in your head, where does it start? Where does it stop? This mm. thing seems fucking infinite. There's the mm. worst part. Ouch. It's going to repeat itself. Once a memory is written out, though, okay, it, it's finite. It goes from infinite to finite. It's got a beginning word and an end word. And I've got some distance between my eyeballs and the, and, and the paper now. It's, I've, mm -hmm. I've, I've, someone, I was explaining this uh, on the Invictus podcast um, last week in San Diego. We went out there for some good-sized shows. And he goes, yeah, yeah, you trap it. That's how you trap a story. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good way to describe it. So you trap these stories that have mm. been, you know, bull, China, bull in a China shop in your head. And then it's easy from there to, to, to go to, to own them, to free yourself up from the meaning that we assigned to them. Because it's not necessarily the story that gets us. It's the meaning that we assigned to the story that gets us. Mm. It wasn't the guy that kicked me in my leg locked up. And I, it, it was the story. It's the, it's, it's, it was the, um, you're, you're weak. Mm. It's what okay. you were making mm -hmm. it mean. Correct. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And I really usually love that when the, the stories are bouncing in her head, the meaning gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then it travels 45 years into the future. And when you're 65, you're still living this story that happened when you were 25. And things Time just does, he's right. Apart. He's right. Time does not apply to the emotional body. That mm, means that you can be 65 that. and remember the thing that happened with you when you were at six and it feels the fucking same. Yep. So we're talking about breaking spells here, folks. A spell, it's a word or a combination of words of great influence. That's it. And, you know, let's say the, the, the story of the divorce, that's you write it out and it's two paragraphs, four sentences each, so eight sentences total. That's, that's a, by definition, Webster's definition of a spell, not mine. That's, that's a combination of words of great influence. Mm. And this is, what is this? Is this a pen or is it a magic wand? Put it in the right hands and it is a magic wand. Mm-hmm. I, I, I believe that to the core. Yeah. And, it, and here's the other side of the story. So if you do that and Lance and, and, and you all can talk to what to do. I can also talk to it about how to, what to do with the, the story once it's written down. It's, that's, the, that's where it starts. That's where the magic starts. Get the goddamn thing on paper even though it's going to sting because a little bit of sting right now is nothing compared to 30 years of battling this stuff. And then there's the part of your story that you want to expand. So what does that mean? Most people, like I said previously, don't write shit down and that includes their wins. Okay. So you want to, it's called celebrating wins in the enlifted vernacular. You want to title and write out the times where you got it right. And the stuff worked out. And, and you did well. And what that's going to do is it's going to, and usually there's an, there, it's not exclusive. There's an order of operations here first. You want to do this, the stuck work first. You want to work it, where people are stuck in their stories because I've done this. I've made the mistake. You try to celebrate wins too soon or you get them to set goals too soon while a large part of their mental real estate is dedicated to their victim-centric stories, their reticular activating system is 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 because their emotional mm-hmm. uh, patterning with the story, and and because their breath is trapped in their chest, they're locked in on those those problematic stories. Mm. All right, and it's it is you can help them point out the times that they got it right, things went well, but it's going to reset back to the back to the back yep. to the other stuff. Yep. Unstuck, celebrate wins. And now they're now they're starting to believe in themselves. Well, shit, yeah, I did do that back then. And that was really awesome. And huh, well, what does that mean about me? Well, it means if I show up, great things happen. And you so you you get them get them buying in to themselves, then mm. they're ready for goal setting. Okay. You mm. set, you try to set goals with somebody who's got a bunch of emotional baggage and baggage. stuff. Yeah. It's gonna be hard work. <clears throat> Go in, get them unstuck, breathe, take a load off. Show them where they did. They, they've been doing things right, and I guarantee you this: they've got wins to celebrate. Everybody does, and they have not written them down. Negation acknowledged, and 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 then then they're ready to set goals, set goals, create a plan, and move forward. Again, not exclusive, and that's usually the the, the order of operation. The first time that you start writing down wins, it's fucking difficult. At least for me, I'll mm-hmm. speak for myself, dude. Yes, Be- and I will support that say it and then i'll say it because we're stuck in the victim 
victimhood, victim mentality. And all we're, we're, we've trained ourselves over and over again to look at, Oh, look how much I fucked up. Oh, I fucked up. Whether it's, you know, prior learning from somewhere else or your own learning. So switching over to looking at your wins, man, like when I first did this, it took me, it's uncomfortable. Yes. And it took me forever. And once I've retrained myself, um, it's so much easier. It's so much more fun. Ladies, gentlemen, he is absolutely correct. If you're working with someone, um, we tell this because this is this is level two converse. Get them, get them a set of questions that's going to help pull the winds out of them and let them sit with those questions. Because if we get on a coaching call, I've made I've made all the mistakes more than once. Get on a coaching call. All right, so and so, it's time to celebrate some wins. Tell me about when you did something great. They're gonna it's crickets. It's crickets because there's actually a little bit of added pressure because someone's, you know, we're on a, on a call. No, you want to get them writing them out prior to that and expect that it's going to be challenging for them. Matt Walrath, okay, that guy owns a six-figure coaching company. He looks like a Greek god. He's funny. He's adventurous. Mm-hmm. He, the, the dude's a fuck. He's just fantastic. He rescheduled with me three times for our for one of a, a one-on-one call to celebrate wins because I told them I told them all you need to do this do do not wait for an hour before the session okay <laughs> for our appointment to get on there and think you're going to celebrate wins so he he kicked he, he he punted and then he punted again and said man this is really difficult yeah, we rescheduled three times and then once the dam cracked and he got the first once you get the first one down was this, you attest to this Lance, just two, then they're coming Mm -hmm. because the RAS, I'm happy to talk about that here in a second. It it now gets the, it it now understands the game. It understands there's a game to be played. Go find the wins dummy because they're in there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love that shift uh, of focus. I really appreciated what you said about I can't, I can't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm using that on purpose. I'm not going to take you down this road of goal setting if we haven't yet torn apart, wrote down all your limiting stories and how to, how we can reframe those things. Then I'll take you down that path to be able to do that. I I really appreciate you saying that because in the world of uh, getting things done, we need to achieve uh, everything's everything. Every, everything and nothing is important. You're going to make goals that are all over the place. And I can attest to this. When I got out of the military, I had no fucking idea what I was doing. And I, but I would still write goals. And I would still write goals. Those goals led to nowhere. They weren't connected to anything I actually wanted. And they actually – I hadn't known myself enough taking out all those stories into this new version of myself. And, and it is, it is extremely limiting. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, and to your point about, um, your last point was on, oh man, lost train of thought. Um, I got something to add to that. Please. For, for all you coaches out there, that's, most people go looking for a coach when they have, they're stuck somewhere, they got a problem. Very rarely do people find a coach when the sun's out. And so, that's usually where you're going to meet your coach, meet your client where they're at. All right. And most of the time it's going to be in the stuck. All 
All right. So yeah, get them unstuck, celebrate some wins. And uh, if you got any questions about this, ask Lance, ask Sean. Um, it's just that they, they, they know the stuff. Uh, uh, yeah. And then, and then, then set some goals. Watch what happens. Mark, JP, I, did, oh, go ahead, Sean. No, JP, did you remember what you want? Because if not, I, I have a direction I'd like to take this. Cool. So you, it, it was brought up uh, in conversation about this victim mentality. And our population being, the, the population that, that we're aiming to serve being veterans and first responders. Um, Lance, I know you can speak for this. I will speak for this. John, you might have seen some of this. And Mark, maybe you've seen some of this too. Uh, specifically within the veteran groups, the victim mentality is fucking rampant. Mm-hmm. I know <clears throat> through through this lens of language, this is something that we've tried to bring up in our coaching programs and, and those that we support. And Mark, I know, I, I know, no, like you are the best person to talk about this topic. And so I would love for you to address what the victim mentality is, you know, how, what your relationship with it was. And, you know, weave in the magic of our language and how that keeps us stuck there right because it's 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 about more than just language right like the victim mentality includes our belief structures and everything else and the language is something that we can i uh, directly address it from like today right now anybody who's in it we can shift some language and, and help them at least shift out of some of that and so i would love to hear you riff on it and yeah, I think this is something that would best serve, you know, like I said, this population, because it's something that we see everywhere. And it's honestly, it's very disheartening. You know, we go into some of these Facebook groups, for instance, um, there, and I, I won't name any in particular. And it's, it is, it's disheartening that the, this particular group of individuals, those that have uh, put on the uniform in some sort or in some way, shape or form, and especially after separating from the military, like how deep the victim mentality runs. And it is just, like I said, it is destroying this community. So I would love to riff on that and yeah, see where that goes. I'm about to go on a marking one rant tangent. Is that okay? Perfect. Got it. So mindset is talked about very frequently uh, in certain circles okay mm-hmm. fitness industry absolutely um <clears throat> and that's great let's keep doing that and when the the way the conversation because i pay attention to this shit the way the conversation is facilitated very very frequently it's kept in this big picture macro level conversation where it's this thing that i know i need to improve upon uh but how do i do that and then there's that confident looking person over there uh and i'm over here whoops would have been nice we add in what words to use less of and why what words to use more of and why what to do with those stories that keep haunting you write them down then and just take out the story just the, the what here use more of these words watch what happens here use less of these words watch what happens. Then the conversation about mindset becomes practical, as in you can start practicing language, thinking, speaking, and writing in ways that serve you, 
Okay. Like, like I said previously, most, most people's language is working against them and they have no clue that it's happening. And it's very easy to fall into the trap of thinking the solution to my problems, which are usually very big picture in people's uh, uh, perception, the solution to those large problems are equally as large. And I'm here to say definitively, no that very frequently the solution, the beginning of the solution of those issues and problems comes down to the stuff that's the easiest shit in the world to miss because it's right between our ears. It's too close to home. It's right between our ears. It's right under our nose and it's right at the end of our fingertips. Once again, our language. I thought I was a tough guy in, uh, like I said, I wrestled in high school, got into jujitsu in 96, fought, MMA won a couple of back-to-back state kickboxing titles um, in 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 2000 2001, and then I move over to Thailand for a year. And the game plan was go over there for a year, polish up the skills, the Thai boxing, come back and go pro. Six months in, I'm having my second knee surgery, and darkness descends. Talk about a victim mentality on steroids and acid. I used those memories or those, those, that experience. Cause this was a big deal for me. And I only had my passport for two years. I was 26. Um, it was the, the internet. It, it was, it was a, it was a big time adventure. People were talking about it. It's a lot of expectation, way, a ton of pressure I put on myself and I fuck it all up. I mean, fuck it all up. And I use that as the evidence because I was building a case against myself, which is a very common thing to do because people were, again, this is file this under very important shit we didn't learn in high school or in school or in college, whatever. What to do with the stories that, that haunt us, how to, how to handle setbacks like a man, not like a, not like a little bitch. Okay, because that's what I did. I turned into a, a, a nine-year-old snotty-nosed kid. And I used, I used the, this, this was the final piece of evidence, the final proof that I was not good enough and that there was something wrong with me and I was somehow doomed to fail. It's called a telephobia. And it, it, 95% of everything boils down to that. Look it up, a telephobia, the fear of not being good enough. So now mm. that I had the final proof, case closed, you're a loser. Darkness descended. I didn't laugh for an entire year and I installed, I entrenched an extremely deep victim mentality, okay, which clouded the way I saw all of me and then everything else through it. I mean, I, it was, it was, it was a living hell. You go to Thailand, there's heavy bags hanging up all over the place. There's Thai boxing gyms. It's always on television. Okay. It was just, I just kept getting this thing thrown up in my face. And, and finally I got sick of it because, and I also wisened up, which was, thank God. I looked down that path and said, dude, this is after a year of not laughing. Are you going to be complaining about this? Are you going to be telling this story? Like, like uh, uh, when you're 55 and 60, and I saw that version of me and I'm like, if you do that, if you do that, then you really are a loser. I'll take anything but that. And right around the same time, I got turned on to uh, this place called the spa down on Koh Samui, which is where I went 
and started doing these these cleanses. You pay to not eat for seven days. It's a great gig. Here, um, you pay me and you get no food. And and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was actually it was actually a pretty cool spot. It was a I mean, they did, they give you some herbal detox pills and a couple of coconuts, but like their, their profit margins were very high. Um, <laughs> and, and there were a lot of people down there doing, they were down there to work on themselves. And I had never under, I'm just some dude from the country in Virginia. And I'd never heard of working on oneself. What does that mean? Mm. Turns out there's a variety of ways you can do it. Also known as improving oneself. And so, so back to your, Back to your question about no, I'm going to tell the story first, then I'm going to recite the definition of the victim mentality for the perfect fucking time. So I, the third time down going to the spa, I went and went to an emotional detoxification workshop, and Mark and all his wisdom snickered at the name emotional detox. Glad I went though, and I watched this man Barry Musgrave, who would end up being my first mentor in this work. Guess what he talked about words stories identities breath and then he asked is anybody stuck on a story and this woman just shot her hand right up and it was it was a stinger of a breakup story her and all her friends went to beach week they got a house all her boyfriend's friends they got the house next door was it in high school i don't remember it doesn't matter you get you, you can you can kind of see see where this goes add in a bunch of alcohol chaos and susan one night her she, her boyfriend hooked up with her best friend in front of everybody and then he dumped her in front of everybody the next night okay ouch on three savage and dude dude and four years had gone by <laughs> she was totally taking it personally hadn't gotten in a new relationship um, so there's that again, there's the story and then there's the meaning that we assigned to it. And the, her meaning was that like, she's not pretty enough because otherwise, blah, blah, blah. And he had her tell the story three times. The first time through, he didn't touch it. She gets through and she's angry and crying. Second time through, he changes around some of the language. Okay. Which, which helps her get herself out of this sympathetic nervous system response, stress response, breath trapped in the chest. On a side note, coaches, if your client's breath is trapped in their chest, good luck changing their mind. They're going to nod. They're going to smile. And it's like, it's, it's, you, you must address the, there's a difference between someone breathing in their chest and breathing in their abdomen as far as their coachability. Okay. Get their breath lower and slower and they'll be able to listen. Okay. They'll be able to, uh, uh, think critically be they're just way more malleable okay mm -hmm. and and so the second time through he changes some language and she's lightening up get the words and then the third time through he had, he saw it a mile away and because he had helped her down regulate a little bit she was available to what we call translate the sentence that was holding the whole thing in place which was he did that to me and he had to repeat it. So everybody's watching. Everybody gets it. He did that to me, which brings up a very another important side note on the conversation. Very rarely is our stories slowed down enough to where we can scrutinize the language.
Most mm. people are telling their stories, especially their stories of ouch, pain, woe, and suck at such a fast rate, okay, partly because they haven't written it down yet, that they keep themselves completely bought into believing their story, this particular story. And he slowed the whole thing down and, and, and highlighted the sentence, the linchpin. He did that to me. And he said that last word at the end, me, take that out and put in himself. She had to think about it for a second. And then you saw the magic happen. He, and he, she said it, she said it like a question because it was such a radical departure from this story, this victim story of him doing that to her. And it meant all this about this. And she was, she was just, she was way puckered up about it. He did that to himself. It went up at the end. And then you see her talk herself into a different story. He did. He, he did do that to himself. And then she, then she, cause she, she, opened up her she created the space for her to see other things that's the simplest way i can say to mm -hmm. think to say say it she was able to see the other stuff which was mm. this guy's social credit score took a digger he lost friends people were pissed like and and then and then she kept going she goes well you know what it wasn't going to work out anyway the guy was actually pretty weird <laughs> shocker <laughs> and i go that's not my story, but that's my story. Mm. And that was in 2003. And I, and I was so guarded. I was so guarded. I wasn't because he, he did the workshop and then he paired us up afterwards to work with somebody. So I work on a story and, and my partner works on a story. And I listened to this woman's story about something. And when it came time for me to go, you know what I did? I got up and left. I was like, I know. I forget what I said. I was just like, I'm not talking to anybody about this stuff, but I took action. I went to the, immediately went straight to the internet cafe and printed out an 80 page manual on how to do this work on yourself. And I went to work on myself and uh, I've been uh, two, uh, three, four, four years of, of study um, finished up teaching elementary school PE and went down to that same spot in 2007, January 17, 2007 and started, started coaching. And I've been, I've been at it since. Um, and, and that is a very good example along with the soft talk keywords of the language that the victim mentality depends on the mm. habitual language. So here's the definition. I'm taking a little bit out of the middle. Here's the verbatim definition of the victim mentality. And if I was to bet, I'm betting on me that I have recited this, verbalized the definition more than anyone on the planet. The victim mentality is an acquired personality trait where a person tends to regard himself or herself as the victim of the negative actions of others, even in the absence of clear evidence. The victim mentality depends on a habitual thought process and attributions. Let's look at that second sentence because that's where the money is. The word tends in the first sentence is important too. It's a tendency. Okay, it's, it very rarely is someone exclusively a victim about everything all the time. You know, you know where that ends up? That ends up on Skid Row of Venice Beach Boulevard. Mm -hmm. uh, of the, I lived there for a year. I, I paid attention to the stories that that the worst of the worst out there were yelling, and they were all. It was 
I'll talk about that later if you want me to. The <laughs> second sentence, though, the victim mentality depends, as in it has to have a habitual thought process. So thought process, language, habitual language, habitual language patterns, habitual accurately implies duration and addiction. So if the victim mentality, which in my opinion is the thief in the night, it's the it's here for everything. It wants to steal your time, your attention, your, your mental real estate, uh, your belief in yourself. It wants all of it, everything. If that thing has a habitual language, habitual language to it, well, what are the fucking words? What are the words so I can use less of them? Mm. And if, there, if, if I'm going to use less of those words consciously, then what words am I going to use more of consciously? You see how rocket science level of rocket science this shit is? It's not at all. It's not at all. You, you could make a book for six-year-olds about this. <laughs> and it would, it, would, it would be very successful. Um, for whatever it's worth, we're proud of her. We're very proud of her. Hmm. Uh, for everybody listening, my, my wife has written a book about this stuff for uh, little, little tiny humans. Little tiny humans. And um, important. And very important. And what is what's common is when parents teach this to their kids and their kids start correcting their parents' language. Mommy, you ah. just used a negation. It happens. Kids get <laughs> little it fast. Shits. Yeah. Little shits. Kids get it fast and and they're also way less addicted to their stories. Okay. Mm, right. So it's it's easier for them to change up their words. They're okay? like, okay, I'm gonna do this now. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Because they've generally speaking, people have compiled evidence. Okay, mm-hmm. proof uh, to that they present against them on a daily basis. And the more we do that, it's called myelination. Okay. Mm-hmm. The more we do anything, we get my, the brain myelinates and, and then it gets easier and easier to, to keep doing that. And also it gets harder and harder to do something different. And they have, they don't have the reps. They don't have the reps or the addiction, the attachment to our stories. So let's get very real here. We get addicted to things. Okay. Oh, Good yeah, shit, yeah. bad shit and, and sto- stories too. Okay. And, and, and so they're like, oh yeah, I'll just go oh, exactly. You just, you, you, you said it, John, I'll just do this instead. All right. Mommy, there's some, <laughs> you just use soft talk. You just, you just used a could. It's funny. Yeah. I really love that. It also gives you, it presents you with uh, a, it's the ability to refocus on the evidence all the other evidence that is outside of that victim. So if you take out, you mentioned that example of the to me, put in the to himself, and that person was able to immediately switch over, the capacity to do that in real time is like, is one of the greatest skills sets you can have. Because, Dude. and this is, this is just in my experience, when you're, when you're doing something that you're perceiving as a failure, and you just take it, as a learning opportunity, this is one of those things. This this translation is one of those things that in the moment you literally can go like, oh, right. I'm not a failure. I did something. I gotta try this again to do it better. And in that process, continuously reworking your language to prove to yourself that you are valuable. And in fact, that continuing to bring in that evidence 
So I really like that that um, that ability to refocus your attention on taking all this data, all these net, this di basically disempowering stories, as well as the language within them, and going like, you know what? Like a kid, I'm just going to leave that behind and focus on the shit that actually empowers me. Yeah, it's 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 you know we it's the art and science of talking ourselves into stuff. And most people are walking around arguing against themselves, like a, a court analogy, uh, and and we can get in, we can we can change that up and argue for ourselves. Most people mm -hmm. are defenseless to their thoughts. Okay. They're just, they're just, mm -hmm. they're just sitting ducks. They get their ass run over because they, they have no training in, in how to recognize the language patterns of the victim mentality. And that woman, when she went from, he did that to me, so it's a little bit techie. Uh, and then she went from, he did that to me too. He did that to himself. So he did that to me. That's going to create the victim villain mental imagery. Hello, stress response. He's in the picture. I'm in the picture. He's doing something to me. I've got to wait for him to change for me to feel better about God knows what don't good luck. Don't hold your breath. She takes out that one word and the picture changes drastically. Now she's out of the picture and he's just, it's, it's just him and him. And it, it his actions are now about him instead of her value as a woman mm. i love that in that example there's also something really powerful which is personal responsibility like it's the capacity to pull out the story gives you your power back immediately thousand percent. you go oh wait a minute i don't have to live this way he did it to himself how can i now change the way i live um <laughs> i wanted to pivot a little bit i i Do it. i i seen some of your stuff on Instagram and you're always talking about pirate life and how to be a pirate. Um, what does that mean to you? And how does this, how does this tie in with empowering yourself, getting rid of the victim mentality? Uh, how are those things connected? And yeah, how do you use, teach people or coach people to use it into their advantage? Pirates bet on themselves. So the word pirate comes from the word privateer okay mm -hmm. and privateers were sanctioned by governments in the 14 15 1600s 1700s uh, it was probably going on before then to go out in the name of the crown and jack shit steal people's shit <laughs> and yeah so they would for sir francis sir francis drake is the most famous famous privateer and he got mm -hmm. he got knighted because he was so successful because he brought uh, the crown back so much booty, and so and very frequently um, and this this went for the uh, the navy and just and merchant merchant shipping of the day it was it was a lot of times that people didn't get paid or the working conditions were fucking fucked. Um, and you know, people were getting hurt because guess what? You go on a, a so we're coming over there to take your stuff. No, we're going to fight. People were losing limbs and just getting, you know, sorry, mm. you know, mm -hmm. it's the name of the crown. Uh, and pirates, <laughs> pirates were like, um, why don't we just do this ourselves? They mm. went rogue and they were the first people to inst install a worker's compensation mm. protocol. They, they, um, and they, they also shared the, the spoils evenly, which was unheard of. Mm. Okay. And they were also pretty damn tolerant 35 to 50% of any, um, 
any pirate crew was was black. Okay, mm-hmm. they didn't care. They didn't care. They said, are you good at, here? Because here's what it comes down to. Are you good at what you do? And do you have my back? Are you down for this cause? I don't give a fuck what you do, what you look like. Nothing. Mm. Literally, like at real meritocracy. Hey, right? We're talking about during slavery times. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. And look up, look up uh, uh, Blackbeard's. What's, what was the guy's name? Sabian, something like that. His 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 right hand man was a freed slave, mm-hmm. and he tried to blow up the ship because that was the last command that, that Blackbeard gave him, as in kill himself. Yeah, like he's on the ship and he's he's gonna nuke this thing <laughs> instead of letting letting anyone get captured. That that's how committed these guys were. Wow, these they were to themselves, and and um. And, and they took on a lot of risk, as in, if you get caught, you're getting hung. But I'm mm. doing this. I'm going to bet on me, bitches. I'm going to bet on me. I'm yeah. going to bet on me, and my friends are betting on me, and I'm betting on my friends, and it's us against all y'all. Let's go. Let's do this. Oh, and by the way, we're going to get drunk and, and sail around the Caribbean and tell fucking good stories. Because this is great. they had to tell good stories. The Jolly Roger is the first international brand that was the first brand that was internationally recognized it's not coca-cola you could hoist that thing in any of the seven seas and everybody knew what it was and so i forget the specifics but if somebody lost a finger they got x amount if they lost an arm they got x amount eye leg whatever and so people not only was it their friends that were getting hurt they cared about them Mm. they also wanted to make more money so the name of the game was to tell great Mm. stories as in scare these people and get in and get out with no damage. So they were master <laughs> storytellers, master storytellers. Mm. And the, there were some absolute freaks. Uh, there, there were some violent pirates, but for the most part, they were, they were just, they were damn good sail, damn good um, mariners and um, damn good storytellers. And they were loyal to the end with their, with yeah. Their, it feels like like you you in the pirate ethos in the pirate lore you found this like treasure chest I'm using that word um, yeah. <laughs> treasure chest of value of uh, not only am I going to pull myself out of victim mentality now I'm going to think of myself as this privateer as this pirate this person with this amount of freedom knowing that no one's going to take care of us it's just me and our yep. brothers and our mission and what we're doing out here. And we're going to use our language to create fear in the seas so that people actually, we actually end up keeping more of our stuff and living. Um, thousand percent. It's the entrepreneurial spirit. They were, yeah. They what's, were, I, I was going to ask, what's the practical application for, for our listeners to how to use that pirate mentality in their lives? Pick something that you want to do and go do on it and go do it because that's you betting on yourself. Okay. And guess what? Nobody's coming. Nobody's coming. Mm-hmm. Get that out of your head. Nobody's coming to save you. There it is. Okay. Yeah. That right which, there. Which for some people can be very scary. No shit. Mm. It is because it is. It is. And <laughs> it can be very empowering. It, it's, it is. It's shifting your the, the responsibility of whatever, getting better, healing, starting your own business. It's shifting it from, hey, I need you to help me to, oh, I got this shit for me. Once I realized that it was like, okay, cool. Uh, Like things changed, things changed rapidly. 
Anne Rand said evil requires the sanction of a victim. Okay. <laughs> Another way to talk about this is that victims require saviors. Victims mm. require saviors. Yeah. I Holy shit. I love yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. The victim, we're, we're witnessing the victim Olympics right now. All right. It's who's got the most fucked up story. And then I'm going to bring it, bring in big brother to settle the, settle the score. Yeah. Daddy's going to take care of it. Daddy's going to take care of it. Whether it's, 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 it's a Twitter mob or some, some, something. Um, And, and it really is who's, you know, whoever's got the most, whoever's the most depressed wins. It is a race to the fucking bottom. And this, this really will lead to, uh, um, quite an unfortunate experience if we keep going this in this in this direction um and and the victim mentality the victim mentality could turn planet earth into a piece of toast mm. it really could it really Qu- could quite or quite the borg. or the borg you want to get weird the borg here's here's mark <laughs> england's future formula super rocket science complicated shit talk about this on paul check podcast unless Take out, you know, an EMP or a comet. Um, technology is here to stay. Mm-hmm. Humanity plus technology plus the victim mentality equals the Borg. Hmm. You define the Borg yeah, for those people us. that aren't Trekkies. Yeah, for tell me. That aren't Trekkies. <laughs> Borg is is the ultimate dystopian transhumanism gone way fucking wrong. Mm. It's where it's the merger of man and machine. It's the eradication of all free thought. It is. It is the uh, depending on how will you want to get it is. It is is the extraction of the soul of humanity mm-hmm. with ultimate real time omnipotent uh, uh, technocratic government governance. Mm. As in, there's no free. Th- Just go go look up the Borg. Go look. Go Google the Borg. That's not fun. Nobody's got a tan. Nobody's smiling. Nobody's fucking. You got a damn <laughs> thing coming out of your neck stuck into your, your head. And the clothes suck. Like, it's a bust across mm. the board. Humanity plus technology plus an architect mentality or a hero's mentality, a personal, mm. an ethos of personal responsibility, that equals Star Trek. They have retained their humanity, their warmth. They're out around, flying around the universe, getting into trouble, getting out of trouble, making friends, rhyming and stealing. It's a lot, but they're still hooking up. It's probably <laughs> it's going to be a lot more fun. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and I I I believe that. I believe that to my core that we're looking at what Mister Fuller said. It, it is a neck and neck race to the very end. Okay, which is also the very beginning. A new beginning. There's so much on the table here, folks. Um, and and you know we, we've we're hardwired for transformation. I've been I've been doing this a long time. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of workshops, and everybody gets the the time when people are paying attention the most is mm-hmm. when someone is sharing a story. They're getting vulnerable. And the magic is working. So there's there's a difference between talking about how to do this stuff and demonstrating it. And when when 
in, in workshops and other people, you can watch anyone do this. When, when someone goes there, goes into their story and there's a like that, nobody's thinking about anything. We're all on the edge of our seats watching, having emotional experiences about it maybe. Um, we're super present. We're geared to pay attention to transformation. Okay. Mm -hmm. And there is, there is, um, there's a positive feedback in context to transformation that is hard baked into us. When we go from, my breath is trapped in my chest. I'm making dense, heavy energy. Okay. I'm not fun to be around. Nobody likes being around the consummate victims. When I go from nya, nya, nya to whew, my breath releases, I unlock mm. my breath. I turn into a better listener. My energy gets better. Mm -hmm. People like hanging around people like that. So when we break this stuff down, there's, there's a lot of obvious benefit to becoming take the Borg off the table. That's like a fucking crazy conversation. There's a lot of benefit to becoming more responsible with our, with our stories. And there's, there's really only one way to become more responsible with your stories is to become more aware of your language, become more responsible and, and, and conscious and constructive and um, artistic with your words. Anyone yeah. can do that. You're like slowly, you know, you've taken us on this journey of slowly, becoming aware of your limiting stories, uh -huh. then shifting the language around those things to releasing that tension, that, 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 that upper chest breathing down to your belly and actually bringing down so you can actually, honestly, what I've realized is take in more data. Like you can actually do more because oh, of that. Like the limiting stories are essentially holding you back across the board mm -hmm. in your life. And this last di discussion on, um, how it can shift people so quickly. And then this, this idea of uh, the, the pirate versus the Borg. Do you want to be a pirate or do you want to be in the Borg? Um, is, is huge because you, you essentially are building blocks of how language can turn your life around so that you can become your own pirate. You can become the type of person that goes, no one's going to save me. I'm going to do the best I, I can in this situation. I'm going to do this. That's the key. I'm going to do it. And then um, my question from that is, how does community support us? How do we ask mm. for support when we're doing this pirate shit and we're taking on the lead in our lives and we're becoming our own heroes with <laughs> tools like what you're sharing with our language? It depends on the person. I'll touch on that in a second. Um, and if you want to, if you want to, if you want to be a part of a valuable part of, a, of a community, that's an inside out job. Get better as you, at, at yourself at whatever it is. Okay. So, so be someone who people want to be around. Okay. Mm. That's kind of important. And then also get fucking really good at something. Go out there and do the reps. Okay, go through the uncomfortable process of acquiring a skill set, whatever that thing is. And, and so, you know, people's place in, in communities is uh, there is a dominance hierarchy. Okay. And, and a lot of that comes down to uh, skill sets. Get good, get, be, become more valuable of a person, become less of a drag. 
Okay. Clean up your own personal stories and gossip less. All right. Mm. That, that will, that's a big deal. I mean, that's a really big deal actually. Um, and, and be a team player. Okay. Plot and scheme for great shit behind people's backs. All right. And for some people, um, here's, here's a, here's a, this was, this, uh, this is true for a community. This is, this is true for one of my, and if I really think about it, it's, I, I could decide that this is, this is my, um, it's my greatest checklist for being a good friend. Desire to see your friends succeed at whatever it is that they're going to do, whether you succeed at what you, whether you want to, whatever you're attempting to do or not. Mm -hmm. So regardless of what happens to me, I'm in for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that, that creates, it creates this positive feedback that people can feel. Um, and, and I mean, there's a lot of ways to go listen to the talent code, excuse me, the culture code by Daniel Coyle. It's required reading in our level two certification. It's all about how great cultures are made. Okay. This mm. stuff is, it's also not rocket science or you could just breathe well around people. All right. <laughs> okay. There's that. Yeah. There's right. that. Cause people like if, if, if you want to suck socially, go socialize and trap your breath in your chest and you're going to have all these anxious stories and, and your, your rhythm is going to be off. So you're, and so you, it's, it's hard to connect with people. And then you're going to identify yourself as someone who has social anxiety to sort no motherfucker, your breath is trapped in your chest. Breathe, <laughs> breathe better. Watch Thank what happens. You. All Thank these you. labels Fuck. and weird shit that can get, all you need to do is breathe, unlock your breath. Put a little mind power into it. Remind yourself to breathe. And then it also happens like that happens when you go in and clean up these, these stories. It's like, you know, I, I got, I got tight shoulders. You mean you breathe, you're, you're a chest breather. Uh, I grind my teeth. You mean you're a chest breather. I'm constipated. I mean, not exclusive. Most of the time it's you're, you're breathing in your chest, right? Um, I suffer from premature ejaculation. You mean you're holding your breath while you're fucking. It's like the, lo the list just goes on and on and on. <laughs> about things that you can get way better at. I get nervous when I get attacked people and it's time to talk. What you, you mean you're holding your breath. Like I'm, uh, uh, dude. Like, I, I would, uh, everything besides premature, uh, premature ejaculation. Um, I see it in the clinic every day. <laughs> if you did see that, thank you for that. Distinction. Like, Lance, what you getting to sign <laughs> up to my clinic? Uh, yeah, no, exactly. Like, it's exactly what you said. Everybody, uh, yeah, I'll say everybody that's a broad range, but let's just go for that. Everybody I see has horrible breathing. And, uh, last week I talked to two people with massive headaches and I sat them down I laid down, they laid down and I looked and monitored their breathing. I was like, yeah, you're fucked. You're fighting an uphill battle. And I taught them how to abdominally breathe actually using your anatomy and your physio physiology the way it's supposed to be used and within two minutes their headaches got significantly better and they looked at me and they're like you're a fucking magician no no i know anatomy yeah and it's just really fucking simple most people's breath this is why we went on shrugged this is why we're having this conversation this is why we we we've got traction in the fitness industry most people's breathing, they're walking around breathing with their breath is trapped in their chest. 
known as shallow breathing, labored breathing, or coastal breathing. And the vast majority of that, in my personal and professional opinion, is coming from the stories that they're telling themselves, which are built from motherfucking mm. words. People on the average person takes 200 sighs a day. That's because they're, they, their body's like, hey, numb nuts, give me some air. Because they're walking around breathing right here. I, and I've monitored this. I, mm-hmm. Most days I, I take zero size because I've paid close enough attention to my breath over the years and also done relatively good piece of work on my own personal story. I got my breath is now it resides in my abdomen. And when your breathing resides in your abdomen, you don't have to take 200 size throughout the day. Okay. Whatever you all want to get better at, if you want to master something, yes, I, I referenced the, the trifecta of mastery and I could, I could also add in breathing. Okay. Because if you want to get good at something, whether it's presentation skills or kickboxing or, um, becoming really good in business meetings, whatever it is, you're going to need to get comfortable. You look mm-hmm. at the best of the best. And if you're breathing in, you're not comfortable. You're not comfortable uh. at anything. If you get your breath down low and slow, I can talk about kickboxing and you relax into the chaos. Then you see things. You can see things coming. Okay. You're uh, in sports. It's no, oh, I'm, I'm the person. So in their head, it's because their breath is trapped in their chest mm-hmm. or, um, you know, getting in the zone. That means you're breathing in your abdomen and your mm-hmm. training can, can, can come through. So it's the same thing going on a date with someone. Go breathe well on a date and watch what happens. Okay. Well, just watch what happens. It's life changing. Breathing it's is the asterisk, the asterisk to the uh, the three points of mastery. That's the like must yeah. do. It's, you, it's, it's a must do. You, and you it gunned ahead. Go, go ahead, Lance. You mentioned community and having people want to be around you. Sure. Basics start breathing correctly. Watch let's how many go people. That's the first thing to do. Let's let's just can we can we agree on that? It's <laughs> yeah, that yeah, yeah. Do that That's first thing to do. And watch how people change when they're around you. It, it's it's. I've had and it's. I mean, you got to understand this from my perspective. It is so fucking cool to watch the enlisted coaches hang out with each other. Whether it's at the lake house where I'm at right now, or like it's, it's your place, or just going up to we're going up to boston next week it, because of the work and the awareness and lifted coaches are breathing better than your average person like way fucking better <laughs> and so they get around each it's just this warm fluid velvety like it's just it's a it's a fun bubble it's a love bubble so i like that first things first if you want to be a a, a a cherished member of the community get in there and breathe well get yourself in the mix and breathe well and guess what it comes across on zoom as it it, it's Mm -hmm. it there's it it works virtually as well as it does um or just breathe better everybody and gun to head gun to head it's about the breath Mm -hmm. it's about Mm -hmm. the breath we're known as the language people we might as well be known as the language and the breathing people and when i get asked what the goal is it's to unlock the breath of humanity because the borg that ain't that no they're not breathing. They're on ventilators. They're dude, no. They're not breathing it. Like they're they're that shit is so weird. And some people want that. They want that because life is is too much for them. They don't want difficult. To, they don't want to yeah. have the responsibility. It's hard. 
They want, they want somebody else to do everything for them. Yeah. It's easier that way. You know, I don't like thinking for myself and making decisions. Life is really difficult sometimes yeah. all the time. From, from uh, the rising warrior team. Fuck that. Be a pirate. <laughs> uh, I was being yeah. very facetious and sarcastic. Um, Mark, uh, I, we like to end, um, podcasts with, Hey, guest mark uh, what's one thing that you would recommend for somebody to take charge of their life and uh, we already know the answer breathe well breathe well cool um mark thank you thank you thank you this was a blast um if somebody is like hey this guy is on it and he knows what he's talking about which are all very true statements where can they find you at enlifted coaches at Enlifted Coaches on Instagram, um, and we certify coaches. That's our business. Enlifted.me. That's where people can go to learn more about um, the coaching certification, and we are open source with our coaching technology. So if someone wants to learn this stuff, message message Kimberly at Enlifted Coaches and ask about the next free workshop. We teach everything, okay? As much as we can in the amount of time that we have for whatever particular workshop it is. Um, we like that. It's, it's good juju. It's warm. It's got the warmth. And we're also confident. We're also confident in, 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 the, in the tech. So here's what we do. Here's how you can use it. Please go use it, okay? Mm -hmm. If you want to get certified, great. Come on over here. We'll do that too. That is one thing, well, many, one of many things that uh, I like about this and a few other programs I've been a part of. They said, I don't care. I'm not um, copywriting this or anything. Like, go fucking use it. And go use it. I'm very appreciative of that. Um, Mark, thanks again. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Lance. Thank you, John. Thank you, Sean. That was fun. Great that conversation, y'all. And, and thanks, everybody, for, for listening. Yes. Thank you. You, you finished for me. Great. <laughs> Cut. Cut. <laughs> <laughs>